We're going to be in John chapter 14 today. Just let's take a minute and just pray again. Heavenly Father, we thank you just so much, Lord, for this opportunity to serve you and serve the people here in this city, Lord. Lord, as we get into your word and we learn that our help has arrived through your Holy Spirit, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that that would ring true today in this service, in this message, that your help would be there for all of us, that you would equip us, Lord. Lord, I just pray for your presence now. I pray for your protection over this word, that these words would be your words. They would not be my words, but they would be your words who would go, that would go out through this city. And people would understand they're not helpless. They're not hopeless. They have no reason to fear because they have the living God. They have the living God. So, Lord, just be with us now. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. It's great to be here. I, uh, it's amazing technology. Sometimes it's wonderful. Sometimes it's really difficult. But right now it's working, so we're just going to give praise to the Lord and just keep praying that it will continue to work for us today. Last week, we were in John chapter 14. And if you got your Bibles, please open up John chapter 14. You know, as we looked at that, and if you got your Bibles, we were reminded that we're going to face difficult times. We're going to face extremely difficult times, times that will even trouble our hearts. But last week we saw, we saw that Jesus instructs us. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. Amazing lesson. Hopefully we were able to walk in this week. Jesus also had another lesson for us. He taught us that no matter, no matter what, I mean no matter what takes place here on this earth, in this world, we have hope. Our God is bigger than any sickness and all that, well, that all that have came to believe will spend eternity in heaven with him. Jesus also last week as we started John chapter 14, he made sure that we all understood how, how to receive this amazing promise of eternal life. Jesus stated, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. I don't know about you, but I find a lot of peace knowing that Jesus has a plan for each one of us, knowing that one day each of us will be in the loving arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We know also how all of this is possible and how it's all going to work out. And it's all through Jesus. It's all through what Jesus has done for each one of us, how he has paid the price for each one of our sins, and then defeating sin and death. But here's the part maybe I really want you to understand today. Do you know that we can join Jesus in this defeat of sin and death? Do you understand what I mean? Are you in? So last week, we closed out our lesson. We saw Jesus. He taught us how to pray. He taught us about the power of prayer. We learned that if we pray in the name of Jesus, and if the Son can bring glory to the Father, then God will then answer all of our prayers. So we got three main points last week. We've seen the way to live without fear, even in times of trouble, such as the ones many of us are facing today, is through Jesus. 
We've seen that Jesus is God, and also we did learn how to pray. Now, in this week's passages, Jesus is continuing, and he's going to build upon these lessons that we learned from last week. But before we get into this week, I just want a quick reminder of the context of the Scripture and the passages that we're looking at. Because we can remember this is the very night before the crucifixion. And Jesus and all the disciples are gathered in the upper room. You know, they're breaking all the rules of social distancing right now. So Jesus had washed their feet, and then they'd had Passover dinner. And it was during this time that we see in the Scripture that Jesus has instructed us and the disciples to observe the Lord's Supper. Looking back at that chapter, do you remember what else happened? Remember what Jesus had told them? Jesus had told them that one of them would betray him. And he also mentioned that all of them would turn from him at some point very soon. There's more, though. This conversation. Jesus also told them that he was going to leave them. And where he was going, they could not come. Do you remember all this? It was a kind of a strange evening, I would say, as Jesus is talking to the disciples. I'm sure as Jesus is telling them all these different things, it caused a lot of questions to come to the disciples' minds, wondering what Jesus was talking about, about betrayal and leaving and people, so many different things. But yet, as we continue in our chapter today, the evening isn't done. Jesus still has much more to teach us. So today we're going to continue our lesson in John chapter 14, verse 15. I've titled this message, Our Help Has Arrived. So let's begin by reading verse 15. If you love me, obey my commandments. Very simple, short verse to start. I want you to put yourself at this table. Imagine being there. All of this different discussion has taken place. Then Jesus, very solemnly, he looks up and looks at everyone and says this. He says, If you love me, obey my commandments. I'm sure the disciples would answer back, Well, of course, Jesus, we love you. We love you very much. Remember, Peter had even said he would lay down his life for him. But maybe you would, maybe the disciples then would kind of wonder about these commandments. What exactly was Jesus talking about when he said, you will follow my commandments? What are these commandments that they were to follow? We must ask the same question. What are these commandments that we are to follow if we say that we love Jesus? There's a few I want to look at. I believe there's some commandments. Let's turn to Matthew. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Matthew chapter 23, 37 through 39. Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. A second and equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus had just shown the disciples in action these commandments. Remember? He'd washed their feet. And he said this, do this to the others, showing them how to love each other just as Jesus had loved them. And also we see that part of this service is putting our faith in Jesus and obeying him. Let's turn, look at another scripture. Way in the back, 1 John 
chapter 5, verse 2 through 4. We know we love God's children. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. One commentary I was reading, as I was reading what it meant to follow a command, said it this way. He said, there's, there's many people out there that would say they love Jesus, right? Many people would say that. But many people would also say, I love Jesus, but I don't want to be told how I should live my life. This scripture is very clear. If we truly love Jesus, we will obey God's commandments. We must examine ourselves daily and ask ourselves, are we obeying God's commandments? We must live out a lifestyle that is according to the Scripture, starting with the commandments Jesus gave us both in Matthew and also shown even today in John chapter 14, serving others. Now, maybe some people would say, I don't know, maybe, they would ask, why why are we to love others as Jesus did? I want to turn back, back to 1 John. Because I love this verse and it talks about this a little bit. Turn back to 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. We love each other because he first we love each other because he loved us first. We see that love is an action shown to us by Jesus. Let's continue. Let's look at, back in John chapter 14, let's look at verses 16 and 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it is, isn't looking for him and does not recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. As a result, a result of loving God, think about this, as a result of loving God, Jesus is God and will always take care of us. He will always be there for us. It says here He's provided us a helper that is always with us, will also abide in us at all times. I'd like to read this one verse in the Amplified Version. Verse 16, And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that may be remain with you forever. I really believe as we look at this verse, we see the Trinity. And I, I believe in the Trinity, and this, this fellowship believes in the Trinity. And we see in these passages that Jesus is praying to the Father, He's praying to the Father God. He's asking God if He will send the Holy Spirit. So we see the three different manifestations of God here. So we know God, and God's will for each of us is to be saved from our sins. Let's look at this promise that we see here, this promise of the Holy Spirit that we see in these verses. One way I I thought of this, think of this. Imagine, right? You've got to use your imagination here. Imagine if... Physically, Jesus himself was with you today. Every day, standing, walking with you, beside you. Do you see him? You could talk to him anytime. 
He's right there with you, sitting with you. Imagine waking up in the morning, opening your eyes, preparing to start your day, and there's Jesus sitting there, ready to help you, ready to help you start your day. You could talk to Him. You could pray with Him. You could ask Him, how do I deal with these different situations as they come about in my day? Then as you went about your days, these different temptations might come your way. You could say, Jesus, will you help me with this? He would encourage you. He would talk to you. He would give you scriptures. Imagine then in your study time as you're reading your Bible, and there's a passage you read and you're not quite sure what it means. You can look over and say, Lord, Jesus, I don't understand this. Can you explain to me what this passage means? Can you imagine that? Sitting there. Wouldn't this be amazing? Imagine even Jesus with you and He could even give you gifts. He could give you spiritual gifts as He gave to the disciples, maybe of healing, maybe of teaching. Guess what? You don't have to imagine this. Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit who does all of these things I just talked about for us today. He's with us now. But even better, He also lives in us and us in Him. Let's turn over to Acts. Acts 1, 4, and 5. Once, when He was eating with them, He commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift He promised. As I told you before, John to baptize with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Let's turn just a few pages over to Romans. Romans chapter 8, verses 15 through 16. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins, look at that word, joins, with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. It's amazing. When we call out to the Holy Spirit, we're calling out to God. We, are, we can know God through the Holy Spirit. This passage explains so much to us. But, you know, we also see that the world doesn't have the Holy Spirit. The passage explains that the world, because it's seeking sinful things, they're unable to receive the Holy Spirit. But if we are born again and we're seeking a righteous life before God, then we can have an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. And if we have that intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, is it living in us? So the question is for everyone is, do you have the Holy Spirit living in you? Are you born again? If yes, we really need to seek out this relationship with the Holy Spirit. This is a relationship. There's so many people that say they are Christians that would have the Holy Spirit living in them, yet they're full of fear or they're unable to overcome the sin that's in their life. No one who is born again and has the Holy Spirit living in them has to live this way. No one. The power to overcome sin and fear is living within every born-again Christian in the form of the Holy Spirit. Remember that. It's an amazing truth. We're going to look at Psalm 118, 5 and 6. Maybe you're struggling with fear. Maybe you're struggling with some sin. Look at Psalm 118, 5 and 6. In my distress, I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free. 
The Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? This freedom that we have from the Holy Spirit living in us is a free gift. And all is required for any of us to have this freedom, this power living within us is faith. Faith in Jesus. Just receive the Holy Spirit. So I ask, has everyone received this gift? Do you understand this gift? Are you walking in the power of the Holy Spirit? Ask that question. Look at your life. Let's look at verse 18. No, I will not abandon you of orphans. I will come to you. We've learned a lot about the Holy Spirit in the last few verses. But here we learn that He will never leave us. I want to read that verse in the Amplified Version also, verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, desolate, forlorn, or helpless. I will come back to you. Looking at these last few passages we have read, we learned that the world could not receive Him because they were not seeking Him. But we also learned the Holy Spirit lives in us, and we live in Him. We become one. Think about that. We become one. And nothing can separate us from the Holy Spirit. We learn that the Holy Spirit will teach us. He will remind us of the Word of God. He is the one that will convict us of our sins. He will guide us into living a righteous life. He will speak truth into our lives and give us discernment. Now, we know the Holy Spirit has always been. But now... With this promise, He has come to live within us all who has came to faith. It is through the Holy Spirit that we have fellowship with God, our own personal connection with God. Let's look at verse 19 and 20. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Look at that. If you were to look in the mirror, what would you see? If you would take an inventory or examine yourself, what would you see? Do you see the Holy Spirit? Because He's living in us. He's a part of us. What do you see? Because, you know, the, the attributes... Of, so I'm just going to go over a few of the attributes of the Holy Spirit. They're a counselor, a helper, an intercessor, an advocate, a strengthener. Is this what you see if you were to take an examination of yourself and look at yourself? Because Jesus lives in us, and through Jesus we also live. Jesus is teaching us who He is. And... We have this inside of us. This is what we should see as the Holy Spirit lives in us. Do you know that we are one in God? Just try to grasp that. Have you ever thought about that, that you're one in God? This type of relationship that we have is amazing through faith. Look at John. We're going to turn just a couple pages to the right. John seventeen twenty one. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us, so the world will believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, 
so they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Turn back to John chapter 14. Do you see, after reading them verses, Jesus is clear. He says, I am the Father. You are in me, and I am in you. It's an interesting relationship. We see that Jesus is the Father. We see that we are in Jesus, and Jesus is in us. And this is how we are connected to God. We're one. Look at verse 21. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. If we will accept and obey God's Word, our Bibles, this will show our love for Jesus. Think about that. And then God shows His love for us through the Holy Spirit. I'll say it a different way. If we as Christians will love Jesus, it will show, it will show in our lives through our commitment to Jesus in our own conduct in our own lives. Let's look at a few verses that talk about this. Turn to 1 John. 1 John chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. This is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Let's turn a few more pages. I want to look at another verse. Second John 1 6. Second John 1 6. Love means doing what God has commanded us. And He has commanded us to love one another, just as you heard from the beginning. Jesus is so clear. If we say we love Him, we will obey these commands. Let's continue. It looks like a disciple has some questions. Let's see what he has to say in verse 22. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name said to him, Lord... Why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? You know, I looked at this question. I think it's kind of a fair question maybe he could ask. Maybe even a question one of us could have asked, or myself. Why not everyone, Jesus? Why not everyone? Why only this group? Let's see Jesus' response in verse 23 and 24 through 24. Jesus replied, All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who has sent me. Does anyone like math out there? See any thumbs up? You guys like math? I see an equation in these last few scriptures. What do you think? So I see loving Jesus. Here's my equation. Loving Jesus equals indwelling of the Holy Spirit equals keeping God's Word. See that equation? 
Loving Jesus equals the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which then equals keeping God's Word. What do you think? These instructions in these verses, we've got to remember these instructions are from God. If we don't keep and obey His Word, Jesus is saying we don't truly love Him. If a person is living in an unrepentive sin, it's clear that they truly don't love Jesus and they truly don't know Jesus. If we truly know Jesus, we will honor the Word of God and follow the commandments. This will be the desires to keep His Word. Do you know why? Because the Holy Spirit is living in us. Therefore, that will be our desires to please the Father. Think about that. Let's look at verses 25 through 26. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. Look closely at them scriptures. I see something here. I see that the Holy Spirit was sent to us in the same fashion by God, the same fashion that Jesus was also sent to us. Do you see that? Look at that scripture. He, the Holy Spirit was sent by the will of God for His glory. It is the will of God that the Holy Spirit would come to be our comforter, our encourager, our intercessor, our teacher, our equipper. This gift is for all Christians that have come to faith in Jesus, but it's by the will of God. The Holy Spirit is not given to us because of something we did or something we didn't do. It is given, the Holy Spirit is given to each one of us because it's the will of God that each one of us would not be alone and that we would have a helper. Think about that. The Holy Spirit will work in us and through us so, there's a reason, so the Father may be glorified, not for man's glory. Think about that. The Holy Spirit, think about it this way. The Holy Spirit will do the same work through us as He did through Jesus. What do you think of that? You know, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. We saw when He got baptized. He will do the same work as Jesus when Jesus was physically here on earth. And all of these things were done for the glory of God. The same Holy Spirit living in us that was in Jesus. Look at verse 27. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. I love presents. Anyone else? You guys like presents? I like most presents, as long as it's not a pet. Don't give other people pets. Seriously, I love presents. So, I mean, everyone likes to get gifts, right? I think my favorite type of gifts that I usually like to give are ones that I can take and I can use in my everyday life later. That I, it makes my life easier. I love gifts like that. It, um, you know... Everyone probably agree that we love receiving gifts that bless us and bless our families. Jesus is telling us in these passages, he's telling the world, that he's telling everyone that has come to faith that he has a very special gift for each and every one of us. If we have admitted that we are sinners and that we're in the need of a Savior, if we've accepted and came to faith in Jesus Christ, knowing that he's paid the sin, our sins, 
knowing that He paid that sin debt for each of us, and then three days rose again, defeating death. Now He's invited everyone to join in this redemption through faith in Him. If we have became this new creation with Jesus, then we have it here, a gift. A gift of peace. When the Holy Spirit comes to abide within us. The Holy Spirit brings a peace, a peace into our hearts, our mind, our soul. Think about that kind of peace. Let's look at Philippians. Turn to the right a little bit. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. So I talk about this peace. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which extends anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Jesus Christ. This peace, it's deep. It's lasting. It's not of this world. It's not from this world. But this peace is a gift from God to each one of us as children of His. This peace is from the Holy Spirit. This peace is not dependent on any outward circumstances. If we have accepted this gift, we never need to fear our past or our future. Because Jesus has already redeemed us from our past, and Jesus has already written out our future. We can have peace. You know, Jesus had this very peace that's spoken of right here, living within Him. You know that? Jesus had that peace. Think about it. this very evening that we're reading right now. Think about what was going to happen to Jesus the very next day. His crucifixion. Our sins being placed on Him. Yet, He had a peace knowing what was going to take place. He had a peace that could only have came from the Holy Spirit. And yet, in this peace, he, his focus still was on ministering to the disciples. No matter what was going on in the world around him, his focus still was to love the disciples, to minister to them. It's a lesson right there for all of us today. Just as we are, each of us are called to do ourselves today, no matter the circumstances. Look at verses 28 through 31. Remember what I told you. I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. And if you really loved me, you would be happy that I'm going to the Father, who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen, so that when they do happen, you will believe. I don't have much more time to talk to you, because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me, but I will do what the Father requires of me, so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's get going. When I read this passage, I saw Jesus give us a definition. He defined what love is. Did you see it in there? Jesus defined love as being with the Father. That's powerful. That's very powerful. How do you how would you have defined love? Jesus defines it here as being with the Father. I also saw that Jesus knows exactly what was going to take a play, place, but again we see he's not troubled. He knew, he says it right here, he knew that Satan was coming for him. 
How's that feel? I kind of I think some of us can relate to that, knowing Satan's after you. But he had peace. Why is Jesus telling all this to us here? Why does I mean he mentions this here that Satan has no power over him? Isn't that amazing? But we would expect that he's God, right? We know that Jesus he took our sins upon himself in love under his own free will, doing this to please the Father, paying our sin debt, because this was the, Jesus was the only way to satisfy the price of our sins. There's so many foundational truths I see in these scriptures that we can use to build our faith on as Christians. But think about back again. Think about when Jesus said, Satan, he has no power over me. Think about that. If we are born again, if we are born again, we have the Holy Spirit living in us, right? It's not just living in us. We become one with God. It's, the Scripture is clear here. We are, this is a relationship. We are together. We are one. We're inseparable, it says, right? He will never leave us as orphans. We're inseparable. Jesus said He will not leave us. So if this is true... The Holy Spirit is living in us. He is a part of us. Then Satan has no claim or power on us. True? He may, Satan may poke at us. That's what I call it when he does it to me. Oh, he's poking at me. He may tempt me. He may even do many other evil acts. But he has no power over us. Let's say it together. Satan, you have no claim or power on us because we are the children of God and the Holy Spirit and His power lives within us. Satan, you have no power, no claim over us. This is a peace that can dwell within us, a gift from the Holy Spirit that we never need to have fear or be troubled. As we read through these passages, we know that we need to have the Holy Spirit within us. If we are going to fulfill the callings that God has for each one of us, we cannot do that on our own. We must have the power of the Holy Spirit within us. I'll say it this way. We cannot live our lives in a way that is pleasing to God without the Holy Spirit. Think about that. We cannot live our lives in a way that is pleasing to God without the help of the Holy Spirit. We can't do it. Turn to Romans chapter 8. Chapter 8, verse 23. We And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as His adopted children, including the new bodies He has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. You know, as these verses close up in John, the end of John chapter 14, we see 
Jesus and the disciples, are, they've got up now. They're leaving the upper room. They're going to go walk towards the garden, and we'll see in the weeks to come many other lessons as they're walking to the garden. But as I look back to these passages in this chapter 14, I see many lessons. I First, I see a promise. I see a promise from Jesus for each and every one of us that He will never leave us. No matter how dark the times may seem, Jesus will never leave us. Not only will He not leave us, but He has promised and He has given us the Holy Spirit to live within us as a helper. Jesus then explains the Father God, the Son Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit are one. And through faith... We live in Jesus, and then Jesus lives in us. You have the power of God living in us through the Holy Spirit. Through Jesus living in us, we receive this gift that we were talking about. This gift of peace, a supernatural peace that can only come from God. I know that there's a lot of people out there right now that are having fear There's a lot of people that are not walking as Christians that have the Holy Spirit living in them. I know there's a lot of people that are struggling with sin, yet they don't have to. We don't have to. It's already been defeated. The battle's already been won. We're going to close with a song in a minute if the worship team wants to head up. And I'd like to pray with you And also, just a reminder, as we wrap up today's service live stream, next week we will take communion. So next week, please have your juice. Please have your bread. And we will celebrate Easter Sunday together, and we will take communion. Right now, I'd just like if we could all bow our heads, and we could pray, and just pray that the Holy Spirit would reveal Himself more and more to each one of us. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for this gift of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that you have given us your Holy Spirit to live within us, to become part of us, Lord, to equip us, to encourage us, to show us the way, to teach us, to get so many different blessings, Lord. And then to give us peace, to give us peace that comes from heavenly realms, that's not dependent on earthly situations, that we can have peace no matter the situation here on earth. Because we know we have a God that loves us, a God that will never leave us. We know that you're there for us, that you will never leave us or forsake us. Lord, we just thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would show us during these times how we can go out and we can minister to those around us. How the power of the Holy Spirit would be shared among the people here in Yangon. They would know that they're not helpless. They have the power of God living in them. Let the Christians, Lord, let them know they have the power of the resurrection living within them. Lord, let them know they don't have to fear. So, Lord, I just pray that you would use your people. You would speak to your people, and your word would go out. And the people here would know they can have peace. They don't have to fear. They don't need to have their hearts troubled. They can trust in You, God. Lord, I just pray that in all these things, Your name would be glorified, that the Father would be glorified. 
So I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.